0: Welcome, everybody. This is the Rotary E-Club of Silicon Valley. Every week, we try to bring you stories that will inspire you. As Rotarians, we're in the service above self. And as a club, we have a special interest in innovation, entrepreneurship, and education. This week, we have with us Lex Gillette. If you have seen his TEDx talk, you know you are in for a treat. We will make sure that that link is available to you below so that if you... you are, are as intrigued by his message as I'm sure you will be, you could follow that to, to learn more about Lex and his work. Now, Lex is a Paralympian. He is, he is an athlete who currently holds the world record in the long jump for blind athletes. He was training to, to be part of the Tokyo Olympics this year. And of course, we've had interruptions along those lines. However, we are very excited to have him with us. Lex, welcome to the Rotary E-Club of Silicon Valley.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. All right. Thank you again, just to reiterate, for having me tonight. And I will begin by starting. When I was a child, I purchased a a basketball hoop designed for the top of a closet door. I took this basketball hoop and... And took a safety pin and tied the bottom loops of the net together so that a successful basket would mean the ball would stay inside of the net and not fall through to the ground. Now, in the beginning I was absolutely horrendous and terrible at making baskets, but I have a really good excuse. I'm I'm blind. It was after a while I I said, you know what? There's something that I need to do. And there were two things specifically that helped me out tremendously. And number one, it was learning the, the different dimensions of my room, where different landmarks were, were located, where the bed was located, where my dresser was located in relation to the ba- basketball hoop, where my bedroom door was located in relation to the, ba- the, the basketball hoop. And I began to build this, this image, this picture of where I needed to shoot. And yes, I was still, I was pretty bad in the beginning. However, as I began to number two, envision where the rim was, the ball began to go in. And I could do things like,
2: oh, oh, Lex, he shoots from the, from the bed. And he goes in, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Oh, he shoots from across the room, the dresser. Oh my gosh, he is so, he is killing it right now.
1: And what I realize is that a lot of times in life, one of the biggest things we face is taking a shot in the dark, envisioning where that rim was, that helped me sharpen my focus tremendously. It was that same razor-sharp focus that helped me win gold on the global stage at the 2015 World Championships in Doha, Qatar. I was standing on the runway, awaiting the cues from my guide, Wesley. And I hear him say, Are you ready? That symbolizes, that gets me in a position where I lean forward slightly, put my right foot back, and he says, Right there! And there's one word that Wesley says over and over and over because by the sound of his voice is how I know which direction to run. And that one word is fly. There's a lot of guides out there. They have different words, but fly, that is, that's ours. And Wesley, he claps his hands faster and faster as he says this word. Fly, 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 fly. Fly, 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 get fly, 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 fly. Except for the roar of the crowd, the sound of his voice is all I hear. I take off in his direction, counting every step along the way. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight,
2: nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Gym.
1: When I land, cheers echoed throughout the stadium as I had landed in the gold medal position in the competition. And I was able to hear that national anthem and have the American flag raised for all to see. And triumphs like the one you just heard, those result from taking shots in the dark. Now, I want you to think about a couple of things. Just, just ponder to yourself. Do you think that this raging determination to succeed? Are we born with this? Does this type of attitude come from facing hardships? If I still had my sight, do you think I would still have this relentless attitude? That's a question that I think about a lot. And I certainly think that Losing my sight has played a huge role in my ability to, to persevere and to push forward and to, to have a no excuses type attitude, because a lot of people expect for me to live my life a certain way and to, to do certain things and maybe play the piano type thing, but I'm a little different. So I want to, I want to show you something. When I'm competing in the Paralympic Games, I'm required to wear a blindfold. This is actually the one that I wear when I compete. When you put this on, you can't see anything through these. And although it hasn't always been this way, this is how I live my life every single day. So I want you to live inside my skin for just a moment. I want you to close your eyes and imagine your, your highest potential. What does that look like? What would you be doing? Your true potential. I imagine myself running and, 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 and jumping and flying. I imagine myself traveling around the world and, 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 and competing in front of thousands and thousands of spectators, standing on the podium with the American flag raised high and having gold medals placed around my neck. I imagine myself flying as far as my mind would carry me. What do you see for yourself? You can open your eyes. Now, I will say one of the cool things about this blindfold is that on the inside, hopefully this is in a good position, but on the inside, on this position of the blindfold, there's some Braille there. It says no fear. And that's a constant reminder that Whatever competition we go into, whatever elements that we face, no matter how loud the crowd is, no matter how windy it is, all of those things can sometimes impact the sound of my guy's voice and where he's yelling, where the sound of his voice is coming from. But we train in so many of those different different environments so that when we are faced with those things in a competition, I can say, damn. I've experienced this before. So any type of anxiety or any type of challenges that may be felt from a from a mental and emotional standpoint, I'm able to ward those off. I know what this feels like. Let's get out here. Let's make it happen. And that same vision that I spoke of earlier, my high school, excuse me, my high school teacher saw that vision and he helped me see it within myself. When Brian Whitmer was my high school teacher and he introduced me to, to the long jump. And it was through a physical fitness test where we had to do a multitude of activities and one of them was standing long jump. I stand in one spot, jump it forward as far as I can. I was one of the best jumpers in the entire school and my mom kept me in, in mainstream school. So I was competing against other athletes who could see. So I said, oh man, feel well if I'm beating kids who can see, if I compete against other individuals who are like me, I should be able to obliterate them. Easy. But it wasn't that easy. I quickly found out that I needed to run and then jump. It wasn't me standing in one spot and jumping as far as I could. So Mr. Whitmer said, since you can't see what's going on, I'm going to stand at the takeoff point and I'm going to clap and yell. And your responsibility will be to remember how many strides you take to run as straight as possible, as fast as possible to the sound of my voice, and you jump. Super challenging in the beginning, but he believed in me so much and he saw so much within me that I began to see within myself. One of the biggest lessons that I learned from him is the difference between sight and vision. Because sight reveals to us what is, and vision reveals to us what can be. Sight is our current reality, but vision allows us to see past our reality. Vision allows us to see what we can do, where we can go, and who we can be. There's so many, there's there's millions and millions of people around the world who have perfect eyesight, but they don't have 2020 vision. So let me give you a, an instance of when I refuse to allow sight to overpower my vision. I refused to accept the current reality because I had a different vision for the future. And it was about four years ago now, down in Rio, I was on the brink of elimination. I had one jump remaining. And if I didn't land within the top eight of the competitors, I would be removed from the competition. No medals. But I didn't travel all that way from from San Diego, California to come back home empty-handed. That was not in my vision. So I slid that blindfold down and I focused on the only thing that mattered at that particular time, which was Wesley's voice. And I took off in his direction.
2: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15,
1: jump! And when I landed, not only did I realize that I would make another appearance on the podium, I had won my fourth Paralympic medal for Team USA. Once I lost my sight, that was a huge point for me because I wasn't imprisoned by what is. I gained freedom in seeing a vision of what could be. Losing my sight at at eight years old, that was huge. It it helped me to to transform myself and experience four Paralympic medals and to win four world championship titles, to become the world record In the long jump. Vision has allowed me to be the only totally blind athlete in the world to go over 22 feet in the event. When I was eight years old, I started experiencing retina detachments. I went to the doctor and that led to a string of 10 operations of which none of them were successful. And after the last one, doctors said that there was nothing else they could do to help my sight. From that day forward, it was go home, go through your normal routine, go to sleep at night, wake up the next morning, seeing a little less than what you did the day before until one day I woke up and I couldn't see anything. And at that point, I had a decision to make. I could either accept my current reality or I could take a shot in the dark. Now, my goal tonight is to encourage you to to take a shot in the dark, to fly. And this quote that comes to mind is, is super poignant for this particular time. And it is, for those determined to fly, having no wings is just a little detail. And this song by the Beatles is... Is perfect for our shot and our flight.
2: Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly all this time. You are only waiting for this moment to arise. Blackbirds singing in the dead of night. Take these sucking eyes and learn to see all this time. You are only waiting for this moment to be free. Blackbird fly, blackbird fly, into the light of the dark black night.
0: Oh my goodness. Fantastic. So we have got a lot of people on the recording. I want to introduce real quick and then we're going to jump into some questions. I know we got plenty. Let me start by saying that, and we'll just go in the order I see folks. So wave when I call your name in Santa Clara, California, Farahina Bassi, our membership chair for the Rotary Club of Silicon Valley. And Heather Edwards from the Metropolitan Eugene Rotary Club. We've got Tanya Martin, our program's chair for the E-Club of Silicon Valley in Atlanta, Georgia. Raquel, Dr. Raquel, who has been putting in 24-hour days, seven days a week, it seems, uh, to, to address... Our uh, COVID issues, where she is in Tijuana, is that right? Yep, all right. Oh, so. Cecilia she Bab- she's our president, by the way, for for our, our our club. Cecilia Babkirk, our vice president for the Rotary Club of Silicon Valley, who is here in San Jose, a return Peace Corps volunteer from Ethiopia. Shag Shagrin, our our paia master, and and wow. and and somebody who is, is pushing his way to, to towards a half century of perfect attendance in Rotary. Sandy Stabile, one of our members, and also part of the team that handles membership in uh, in our district 5170. We have Mahmoud Khan, who is in San Jose and, and part, of, part of the programs committee as well. Yeah, uh, I'm a member of the Rotary Club of Silicon Valley. We have Kuldeep Ambasta, who is a president of the Stanford Peninsula Alumni Club. Thank you for joining yep. us. Absolutely. And Valerie Sun in Southern California, yeah. a, a language teacher and an ed tech specialist, and, and we are happy to have everyone with us. I'll kick off the questions. So Lex, you know, I, I learned about you from, from our, our friend, Janet Perez in, in North Carolina. And I believe you connected with her on some educational issues. So you're involved in some educational projects. Yep.
1: yep, definitely a lot. So even though everything is, a lot of my life is consumed by athletics right now, but prior to me even getting... To that point, it was all about, it was education. It was transitioning from being able to see to not being able to see. So I had a, a ton of individuals who were really instrumental in my life. And a lot of them were, were, were in the, they were educators. And so I think at this particular time in life, I, I look back on those times and, and realize how important it was to have teachers in the classroom and orientation and mobility specialists, and, and like transition counselors, so many different people who helped me along the way. And so now one of the things that I, that I do is mentor the, the blind and visually impaired and try to help equip them with the pertinent life skills that will help them basically shift their mindset so that they can see that, listen, I can go out here and I can be self-sufficient, independent, and I can win a, a gold medal figuratively speaking, in whatever arena of life that that means the most to them. And then there's also a, a program that I'm a part of called Classroom Champions, which is an organization that is for Olympians and Paralympians and professional athletes are paired with students around the the country and abroad who are in kind of, you know, underserved areas. And we teach them monthly on different topics that are basically in an SEL program. So pertinent skills that will help them in, in, in and outside of the classroom. And I really love that program because it lasts for the duration of the school year. So from August until May, we're connected with students around the globe and helping them to learn how to set goals, learning about the importance of the community and how to persevere. What about healthy living and teamwork and courage? So trying to equip them with the necessary tools and skills so that they can be able to, you know, conquer the, uh, the, the changes of the, of the, world. So, yeah, I know how important it was for me. And I think that it's important to give back to, to the, the generation that's coming up, the kids behind us. Absolutely. The, 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 sense of what,
0: what it means to, to have that difference between sight and vision, you know, for all of us who are Rotarians thinking about ways we can make a difference, you know, what, what mm-hmm. it requires is seeing and then having a vision that we can act on it in some way Yeah. yeah yeah so heather i know you got a question thank you lex thank you so much for for sharing your story i'm i'm a rotarian from oregon and one of the things that i'm most grateful for as a rotarian is this opportunity that we often have to meet really beautiful souls like you and thank you people that have these inspiring stories my concern is for these people who are so inspirational. So my question for you, as you're inspiring people, who inspires you? What, what inspires you? What fills your bucket back up? Because you're so generous with your story and, and your vision. Who inspires you? Who or what?
1: Um, you know what? I think that it's just the everyday type of person out there who, who kind of sees more for themselves, the person who isn't afraid to you know, kind of be vulnerable and connect with others. And I point that out because that's such a challenging question for me. I mean, I could certainly name other athletes and things like that, but all of my, everything for me came from my mom and from teachers and from Cub Scout and Boy Scout leaders and and other friends. And don't get me wrong, there are a lot of athletes who are inspiring to me, but I look at athletics as... You know, I was, I guess, a God given talent to me. And like a number of things, you know, athletics is it's, it's short term. You can only do it for so long. You're only going to be as fast. You're only going to be able to jump as far and, and as high as you can. And so all of the people who have been a part of my life helped me to establish a framework that is, it's like, it's, it'll last the duration of, of life. And so that's what I really appreciate. And that's what inspires me when I see other people who kind of start from nothing, if you will, and they figure out a way to, to overcome that when they connect with others and they, they begin to lock into something that's bigger and greater. And they in turn come up with a plan to be able to pursue that and actually bring it to reality. Oh, that types of, that type of stuff, like that gets me fired up. Like that it's like magic to me. Going from nothing to something is, is is super magical. And it doesn't have to be winning gold medals. It could be you prom- getting promoted to manager, to CEO, to whatever. It could be you getting your doctorate. It could be you scoring the winning goal as a you know, a middle schooler in, in in soccer. Like it could be anything. Like I just like to see when people are out there bettering themselves.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Because, Cecilia, you've got a question, so go ahead and unmute and I'll speak
0: up. Sorry. Okay. So actually, I have a couple questions sure. um, and the first one is, do you think you would have been able to achieve what you have had you remained sighted into your adulthood?
1: Oh my gosh, that's a hard question. I think that it would be more challenging. For me, if I had sight, I think it would be a lot more challenging. I don't, I can't really put my finger on it as to why it would be more challenging. Yeah, but so okay. at this particular time in life, like me losing my sight, it's provided a lot of fuel and a lot of energy to be like, look, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to make it happen. I think a lot of it is because given the world that we live in as a person with a disability, a lot of times we're, we're viewed as like less you know, incapable, not being able to do this. Maybe some people look at us as less than, whatever the view is. A lot of the perceptions are, are are generally, they're usually misconceptions. And so that drives me a lot because not only am I wanting to prove others wrong, I think that I am, in a lot of ways, just wanting to prove myself right. That, you know, I, I saw this all along and I could do this all along. And people are just, you know, they have been the the, the blind ones. Figuratively speaking, and and I'm opening their eyes to what's truly possible.
0: Sure. Well, I think it is true that when you have sight, you can see how everyone else is doing and compare yourselves to them. And whereas not having sight, you had only yourself, yeah, really to compare yeah. to. And yeah. so I was just kind of curious about that. That's a good question. And do you, do you think your life might have taken a different turn if you had remained sighted?
1: That is, man, that is challenging. I don't, you know what? I think that for lack of a better term, it may have just been like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to get through school And education is huge from my mom's perspective. So, and, and it is of, of mine as well, but, you know, she wanted me to graduate from high school, get a college degree and be able to contribute to society like the next person. So who knows? I may have been in North Carolina and having an eight to five, you know, who knows? But I, I will tell you this, I wouldn't ask for anything different. I think that I wouldn't even I wouldn't want to see any more at this point. I think that it would be much more of a it would be a hindrance than it would be a a help. I think at this point there's nothing really that would make me any happier than what I am right now, um, if I had sight. So I'm I'm totally I'm totally content. That's it. great. That's great. So in addition to being
0: a a top flight athlete and and obviously a motivational speaker as well, you are a musician
1: and an author. Would would you be willing to talk a little bit about, about your
0: book and about yeah. your music?
1: Yeah, so I talk, I wrote a book. It's called Fly, Find Your Own Wings and Soar Above Life's Challenges and that is one of many things that, that I want to write. This first project was, was more along the lines of, I want to introduce the world to everyone who impacted my life from my mom to my, my, my current guide to my teacher who introduced me to the sport, to my orientation and mobility specialist. So many different people who elevated me to a point where like you're seeing the, You're seeing the result of all of their hard work and what they did. And so being able to tell those stories from my perspective as, as a kid growing up was, it was super important to me and uh, that it actually came out in, in April. So it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and on my website as well, which is lexgillette.com. And uh, you know, it's, uh, it it won't be the hardest read. And I did that purposefully because I want people to, I wanted people to go behind the scenes and and just really really enjoy the essence of of the relationships that have been forged and and the ones that have helped me get to this point and and definitely wanting to take some uh, some lessons that that could be fused within the text so that the reader can can walk away and say hey you know what yeah this was inspiring but you know i can i can tap into this skill i can tap into being vulnerable i can tap into one of the chapters it's called remove the blindfold and that has so many different so much symbolic meaning to it just kind of removing the fears from our life removing as it relates right now a lot of the biases that are that exist like i mean it's it's just yeah i think it's a really good good read i'm biased <laughs> of course but uh, i would check it out and in terms of the music I've been I've been dilly dallying around with the music for a while. And so my goal was to, number one, get the book done and number two, work on the the album. So Tokyo is scheduled to happen next summer, August, and my goal is to have that album out in 2021. So once things begin to clear up here in Southern California in terms of being able to travel around and go into different buildings and stuff like that, I've been writing some some songs and things. So that I'm going to go into the studio and, and have the, the music as well. And my ultimate goal, my ultimate goal, I'm being a long winded right now. My ultimate goal is to have a, a presentation where it is a lot of, you get the inspiration. You're going to get some takeaways that you can apply to your, to your life. And you're also going to get some of that music. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a, a speech slash musical, if you will. And that's going to be really exciting. I think it'll be a lot of fun.
0: I love it. And if, if you're anything close to the the song you gave us earlier, it's going to be successful. you. It's fantastic. I'll wind things down by just telling everybody who might be watching this as a recording. We hope that you will scroll down the page a bit and register your attendance. If you are a visiting Rotarian and you do so successfully typing in your your the spelling of your email address, you will get an email that you can share with your club secretary to make up a mess. There's also the discuss forum at the bottom of the page. We hope you will leave your thoughts there as well. As we always like to do, we hand it over to our speaker for the final word before we stop the recording. And then everybody who's there and who's here can just keep talking to this guy because he's so amazing. So with that, Lex, I want to hand it back to you. What, what, what word do you want to put in people's ears as, as they finish this one
1: Yes. I think that, so I talk a lot about vision, which is really important. Our ability to see things before they exist, our ability to see beyond the horizon, but just as much as you have a vision, there comes a time where you may need a revision and our ability to change, to, to face different Changes and, and, and make the necessary alterations and adaptations in life is just as important. Change is something that is inevitable. We deal with change every single day. Some of it is classified as good change. We classify it as bad change. And I think at this particular time, we all can, we all can relate to that, that change. And that is a huge component in being able to conquer your vision. So yeah, you have your vision, your destination, but just know that sometimes you may have to revise, change things up. You may have to switch lanes. You may have to back up a little bit, but our ability to embrace that change and to be able to make the necessary plans to conquer that change is going to be the winning ingredient in order to get to that, that ultimate vision. Thank you so much. And everyone, we will see you next week.